Hey everyone, and welcome back to Girl Talk. I'm Jasmine Milner, and I fell off the grid for like a good three weeks. I'm so sorry. It's class and school and everything, but I'm back. So, I wanted to put this interview out because I've been sitting on it for a while, and it's one of my favorite interviews I've probably done so far. Yeah, definitely. She's amazing, this woman. Her name is Robin Redner. She is crazy powerful, guys, and so smart and so successful. And we talk a little bit about what she does for a living, kind of the backlash she got for being a woman in her field, and one of my favorite quotes from her, and she didn't say this in the interview, but she gave a speech beforehand. She used to have male coworkers say she was cute. <laughs> like, she's this powerful woman, and these men would be like, oh, she's adorable, she's cute. And she said, there's nothing cute about me. And I was like, oh, yes, honey, preach. So <laughs> this is Robin Redner. Now, this woman is crazy successful and crazy powerful, but also the most humble person I've ever met in my life. But she just is so down to earth and so humble, and it was such an honor to talk to her, honestly. So I could rave about her just like every other person for the next 20 minutes, but instead, I think I'll just get right into the interview. So thank you for listening, and welcome to my interview with Robin Redner. So, the broadcast thing, were you in news or were you in television? What was that? Um, actually, I was in television, radio, and print. Wow. Uh, in, always in sales. Um, I graduated from Galcher. It used to be all girls. It was a woman's side of Johns Hopkins in 1977. And I double majored in English and communications, right. and I'm probably one of the few people that have actually graduated and used what, what their major was right. in their life. But um, I went for a job um, in a radio station, WCOJ in Coatesville, because I was living outside of Philly, and, um, and it was an on-air, because mm. I've you know, got a good speaking voice. And um, it actually was going to pay me less than how much the gas was going to cost yeah. to get there. So oh, on my way out, um, there was a gal that drove up in a fast, fancy car, probably a Camaro, and um, well-dressed, dropped a bunch of papers on um, some secretary's desk, they had secretaries yeah. in those days, and ran out. And I went, wow, what does she do? And they said, oh, she's a, a broadcaster. She sells time on the radio station. And I said, wow, what do you have to do to do that? So we were talking about it, and I left. And um, friends of my husband, my first husband was an attorney, and he was going to law school. And so um, I was talking. I said, oh, I, you know, they, friends of his said, how'd your job interview go? And I told him, and I said, oh, it's going to cost me more. I said, but I saw this woman, you know, come in, and this is what she, I want to know more about it. And the guys knew more about it. In fact, they had a connection with Channel 17, the okay. general manager, Gene McCurdy. So they sent me on, and they, you know, they gave me his name and number, and I called him. I explained who I was. He agreed to see me. I went on a job interview, and he really liked me. But he said, I want you to learn how to sell television by either representing a radio station first. I want you to cut your teeth on somebody else. So right. let's, I think you're going to be great, but let's see how good you are. And so he set up three interviews for me. Wow. One was with okay. CBS. And one was with a uh, country music station, and one was with um, I can't remember what the list 
was it probably was another radio station. So I went on all three interviews, and I got all three jobs. Wow! And I took the one uh, I did not like country music. (laughs) I (laughs) I did not. But I took the country music job because it. um, I liked the people, and um, they all paid about the same. Mm. So, you know, it was interesting, and I needed to do my research on country music, and I needed to be passionate about country music. And so the more I learned about it in my spare time, the more excited I got about it. And I was successful. Basically, I was successful because I got to know the pros and cons of the radio station. Mm -hmm. I got to know who the competitors were for country music. You did your research. Yes, I did my research. And when I would talk to a client, I would talk about, oh, look, you know, you have all these different choices. Never a negative sell. You always take the high road. And you always sell by facts and figures. You don't make up, as they say today, fake news. Right. So, you know, I would I would just lay it all out and say, look, you know, you have a choice. This is what we have. This is what makes us good. And, um, you know, we'd love to have your business. Mm-hmm. And it was great. So I was successful there. And in a matter of six months, one of the local television stations, not Channel 17 that I had originally met with, but Channel 48, their competitor, mm-hmm. called me up and said, we'd like to interview you. I said, well, we can interview on lunch for an hour because if I were working for you, you would not want me interviewing on your time. Mm -hmm. And I think he was pretty shocked at that. So we met for lunch for an hour. At the end, he said, well, you've got the job. And I said, well, that's great, except I I have a salary demand. I want X amount of money, Mm -hmm. you know, guaranteed in a salary. Oh, well, we don't pay salary. I said, that's how much I want. I know I'm right. good, and my sales show I'm you know good how in much six months. Worth. Exactly. Yeah. I'm college educated, and I'm good. And I, this is how much money I want. I, now, I had investigated what people made in the industry mm-hmm. for the amount of experience that I had. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't a pig. Mm-hmm. And I was honest and straightforward about it, and I had the backup you know, homework to be able to say, this is you know, what I'm worth, and I know that I am. Uh, he said, well, you have to meet with the general manager. So I met with the general manager, and I told him what I wanted. And he was one of the individuals who thought it was cute. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, because you mentioned it during your speech. Do you have a lot of experience with people saying you're cute or underestimating your... Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Not so much now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, first of all, you know, because of my age, I've gone past cute, obviously. (laughs) But, um, you know... I, th- I still feel we've I, I feel that we've made huge strides as women we've made huge strides and we have infiltrated every kind of occupation walk of life that there is and we've really done a great job um, I wish more women would have more confidence to uh, like we you know we heard Deborah last right. night talk about going into physics I wish more women had more confidence to follow their heart mm-hmm. because you really do need to follow it. that's your passion do you think it's society that's making it difficult for women to do that or is that just well, I think there's a lot of factors. Some is society, obviously. Um, you know, there's still pretty, there, there's a lot of nationalities where a melting pot, right. and they feel um, that that's, some areas are not acceptable for women. Uh, that's still, you know, mm-hmm. like still can be prevalent. Uh, I think that some people aren't confident enough, some women aren't confident enough to step into a man's world and say, you know, okay, I never thought about a woman's world and a man's world. Mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted. I was going to be a great broadcaster, mm-hmm. and I didn't care if there weren't. Uh, Jessica Savage um, was in Philadelphia at the time. There weren't a lot of women, and I didn't care. 
Yeah. I wasn't, I could care less. You know, I'm here to do a, a job, be successful, right. and, um, you know, continue to go up the ladder. And so it, it, you know, really didn't bother me one way or another, and I wasn't leaving. So they were going to have to take me seriously. I would just sell right through them. And <laughs> yeah. they were either going to yeah. get it or they weren't going to get it, but they'd see it. So I, I wish more women would believe in themselves. Right now, I think it's a confidence issue. I wish more women would believe in themselves because there is nothing that we can't do. So what advice then would you give to someone that's maybe in a situation like yours where they're underestimated or being called cute or something like that right now? What would you say to them? I would tell them to keep working hard, to always be professional, and to look for that next opportunity where they can shine and move to a different division, a different company, where they can be appreciated and where they can rise to the next level. Um, you can't fight people like that. It's, it's not an argument that you can have. You can't say, I'm not cute, you know, because that's their mindset. And, you know, whether it's the way they were raised or it's socioeconomic, I mean, that's what their mindset is. I feel sorry for them because everyone basically has a potential to be a superstar. But you can't stand toe-to-toe -to -toe and yell about it. You have to prove it. I mean, just do your job and be as good as you can be. And the next job that you get, which is probably the next step up that ladder, is going to be right over the person's head that bought you her cue. Right. I am more successful today than, and I, I'm telling you that outright, and I can name names, than any one of the men that I've ever worked for. That's Way amazing. Way more successful. Oh my gosh. And I am amazed. You know, I didn't say this is what I want to do with my life. I just kept put one foot in front of the other, you know, doing the best that I could do and, and thinking outside the box and looking at other opportunities and saying, okay, what's, you know, what's your next step? But I only took one step at a time. I knew I wanted to be successful, but I took one step at a time. And when I worked for that company, I was passionate about what I was doing for that company and did the best I could. And usually, nine times out of ten, somebody else, another company, would tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, we want you to work for us. Mm -hmm. When I worked for ABC, CBS tapped me on the shoulder really? and said, I want you to work for us. Um, when I was working for CBS, a large coupon printing manufacturer tapped me on the shoulder, you know, through networking and said, we want you to to work for us and that was really a great story because it was a lot less money than I was making at the time as a vice one of the youngest vice presidents of CBS radio and uh, you know this gentleman just tapped me on the shoulder and, and said we'd like you to work for print and I said okay and I listened to what he had to say open-minded flexible respectful and honored that you know that they would want me and um, it was a fraction of what I was making but he, and I said to him, it's a fraction of what I'm making. And he said, but look at, we have X amount of people, like 12 people selling, yeah. and there are a third of them that are making more than a million dollars a year. And I went, oh my God. He said, how many senior vice presidents, executives in the networks are making more than a million dollars a year? And I couldn't think of one. Right. And I said, okay, I need to think about it, but I'll let you know tomorrow. And I was married at the time, so I went home and I talked to my husband and I said, listen, this is a draw against commission and I may owe them X amount of money at the end of the year, yeah. but I don't think so. And I think I have to challenge myself to take that step 
and see what I can do with this because the upside is enormous. And he said, okay, go for it. And I did. And although I didn't make quite a million dollars a year, I made more money than I had ever seen in, in the first six months. I looked back and you know, I just, you know, I, I was incredibly lucky, grateful, and successful. But I think that, you know, you have an idea in mind of something that you're passionate about, and you keep working toward the goal of being better and better. Mm -hmm. I never said, I want to be CEO of a network. That's not what my goal was. I wanted to be the best that I could be. Mm -hmm. So just kept improving every little bit. I just kept improving, and I just kept learning. I learned from my mistakes. I learned from other people's mistakes. You've got to listen as much as I talk, and I talk a lot. <laughs> That's great. Listening is really you know, a, a discipline that you have to develop because honestly, people will tell you in sales how they want to be sold. Mm -hmm. They will. If you listen hard enough, you'll find out whether you're more expensive or less expensive or you know whatever whatever their objection is. They will they will tell you one way or another. And body language is so important. So mm -hmm. you're listening and you're reading the body language. What was the name of that book you recommended, Julie? Julia oh my God, it's now what? It's probably 50 years old. <laughs> Julius Fast, F-A-S-T, mm -hmm. and it's this book on body language. I think he only wrote one. Um, it was in paperback in those days. It's probably out of print, and you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. the dinosaurs are reading it. <laughs> oh, no. But um, but it was great because it really it really taught me um, how to read people mm -hmm. and how to evaluate people mm -hmm. and. Um, and it really taught me to observe and listen. And if you want somebody to do something your way and you want to influence them, whatever it is, whether you're making a sale or you'd like them to agree with your opinion, you know, whatever you're selling them, yourself, an idea, a product, um, you have to find a way to communicate that individual. So do you think that's the most important thing then is reading the people that you're selling to or is it the way that you present yourself or a little bit of both? I think it's everything. Mm -hmm. I think that you have to really do your research on who your audience is, who are you selling to, in a group, in an individual, what do they do, what are they responsible for, uh, where have they been, as much information about that person, about that company, uh, homework is extremely important, and then you really need to focus on what it is that you want to get out of this meeting. Do you want an order out of it? Do you want a job out of the meeting? Uh, what, what is it that you want? And then you have to structure your presentation with a very, keep it simple is what I call it, kiss. You know, you start at the beginning and you tell the story and you get to the end. And you have a goal in mind and you keep working to that goal, whether it's an order or a job interview or whatever it is that you want. You keep working to that goal. And you keep it simple and you listen and you answer the questions and you read the body language, and you present yourself professionally, and I, it's a combination of everything. It's like putting all, you know, soup is delicious. You have to put a lot of ingredients and mix it up, and it gives you something that's really delicious at the end. There's a lot of ingredients that go into success, and um, sometimes you're lucky and you're missing an ingredient and you're still successful. Right. But, you know, most of the time you're going to figure it out that, you know, I should have done this. Your, your failures teach you an awful lot. But I don't 
really look at them as failures. I look at them and I think people look at me like I'm crazy. They're learning experiences. Right. They're hurtful. Yeah. Nobody wants to be rejected. Nobody wants to be turned down for a job or they don't want their, uh, they don't want to hear that somebody else got the order and they didn't get the order. But I always wanted to know why. Mm. And learning about yourself and learning about why you weren't successful in achieving what you wanted to achieve is extremely important. You have to be honest with yourself mm. and you have to be with the other individuals that you deal with because you need to understand the why mm -hmm. and um, I was just a very obnoxious child from the beginning and I had a million questions and my mother was exhausted at the end of the day and she'd say to me if you ask you have five why mommies a day or <laughs> ten I don't know right and she said when you get to the end I'm not answering your questions well, it's hysterical because when she got to the end of, you know, I ran through my why mommies in five minutes and she wouldn't talk to me. And I was, I had lots of questions to ask. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to understand and learn. Yeah. I bit her on the back of the leg. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she wouldn't answer my questions. And I think that that was indicative mm -hmm. of the kind of personality that I was going right. to have. And now it's useful. I, I did not bite anybody. I've not ever bitten anybody, I promise. But um, but you want to know you you want to know you know what are you what are you doing what what is your company doing and you know you do your homework and you you know you know the answer to the question but you want to get that person's opinion and you want to and you know if you lost an order you know really and and I'm not arguing with you sir or ma'am um, I'm curious to know why you're with the competition mm -hmm. and uh, you obviously don't have to tell me but you know it helps me become. Um, you know, it helps me service you better. Right. It helps me understand what it, what your needs are because obviously I didn't, you know, I didn't win this order over. Mm -hmm. And if you're lucky enough and they communicate with you, you know, you, you learn. Mm -hmm. Life is learning no matter what field of study you go into. Right. Life is always about learning. But, you know, you have to be confident and you really need to appreciate yourself as a human being mm -hmm. and a woman. And you just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other and doing the best that you can and being incredibly honest and hard work and do your homework and you will succeed. I don't want to keep you here forever, so I will wrap up with one last question. But before that, I just want to do acknowledge you for being A, powerful, B, unapologetic and strong. And you're setting such a great example. And I'm so glad they brought you in to speak, because especially that we're 60% women here. It's fantastic to have someone like you to look up to. But... For the final question, I just wanted to ask, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned through your entire experience, either in the workplace or just being a woman or at all in your life? Well, you know, it's interesting. I've learned to be humble. Mm -hmm. You can be confident, you can be intelligent, you can be successful, or you can be unsuccessful, right. but you need to be humble. And hand in hand with that is honesty. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get any place unless you realize that you know it's an honor and a privilege to do what you do, mm -hmm. to learn, have the opportunity to work with people and learn from them. And you've got to be honest, honest with yourself, honest with other people. Um, and I think that that's probably the biggest lesson that I learned because sometimes when you develop confidence, you have a couple of wins under your belt, and you can be a little cocky, obnoxious, right. and you've got to be humble because you need to learn from every experience, and you will not always be successful, and 
one of the biggest lessons is how do you handle your success and then how do you handle your failure? Mm -hmm. Because it's your how you handle your failures that are going to dictate who you are as a person. Right. Thank you so much. No, definitely. I'm so glad you got to sit down. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Isn't she amazing? I told you like seven times before, but now you guys know she's incredible and so strong and so awesome. And I'm so glad I got to talk to her. But I will try to get another interview out next week. College has been very hard lately, but I'm going to try to get one out every two weeks for the rest of the semester. Hold me to that. If you don't see content, I want you to call me out. <laughs> but on that note, thank you for listening. And I'll see you guys, or I guess you'll hear me <laughs> in two weeks. All right. Bye. Down. Down. Down.